Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The whole idea was it's ludicrous. As far as Afghanistan withdrawal, I'm glad to see us moving out. I think a random withdrawal just because you're celebrating an anniversary is not the right decision. If we're ready to go, uh, then I'll be supportive. If we're not ready to go, I'll be making that very clear. As reaction to the announcement yesterday that we're pulling out of Afghanistan on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, which seems weird. But that's just one. Oh, by, by the way, Colin Powell said yesterday, and obviously he was um, uh, Secretary of State at the beginning of the war, uh, the second war in Iraq. Uh, he say, I'd say we've done all we can do about Afghanistan. What are those troops being told they're there for? It's time to bring it to an end. That is a pretty good question. What do you tell the troops they're there for? But that's just one of the many military challenges that we've got around the world. One of the one of the reasons we are leaving Afghanistan, I think, is Russia, China, Iran, other problems that we have. And David French wrote a column yesterday um, asking whether or not we're living in a 9-10 moment, that period of calm before the unexpected shattering 9-11 storm, that we might be entering another era of great power conflict, arguably unlike anything we've experienced in more than a generation. I hope he's wrong, but he certainly may be right. Let's talk to Mike Lyons, military analyst, about that. Mike served the United States military in both the U.S. and Europe and Iraq uh, with great distinction. He has been an analyst for CBS, among other folks, and joins us now. Mike, how are you, sir? Hey, guys. Great to be back with you. All good. Well, thanks. It's been too long, and it's a real pleasure to talk to you. So uh, a little hypothetical here. If you were the Secretary of Defense and you were posed with uh, the situation in uh, on the Ukrainian border with Putin, 
you've got China acting up. Iran is a, a problem as usual. Um, uh, Afghanistan. Which uh, meeting do you schedule first in the morning to make sure everybody's on the same page? Which feels the most urgent to you? I think it's China, only because they have uh, the most amount of resources right now that are focused in all the different facets of warfare, cyber, as well as uh, things on the ground in Hong Kong, Taiwan, and, and places, and what's what's happening there, and events to take place in China with the Olympics coming up. So I, th- I think um, that is clearly the number one. Now, tactically, on, on the ground, what's happening in Russia is not good either uh, with Ukraine. Um, but I think that's going to be a regional conflict. One of the advantages the United States has right now is a president that's just not an interventionalist. So, you know, you guys are talking about David French about a nine ten moment. That might be the case. But the question is whether or not we're attacked on the homeland. I don't think that'll happen. The question is will be posed as to whether we'll get involved, will NATO get involved if something happens in Ukraine and Russia. But, but the, the, the bottom line is China is still the greatest threat that we still have strategically as an emerging power. Boy, where do we start? Um, China, if China were to move on Taiwan in some manner, do we honor our agreement we've had since 1979? Do we have to? Can we? Yeah, it's naval power will will rule the day there. And China thinks that they can actually hold their own in 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 any kind of naval engagement with us based on how they've built their navy. Um, I think I wouldn't call it a 9-10 moment. I'd call it maybe a 1938-39 moment where... At that point in the time, the world thought that the French army was the greatest in the world, and no one thought anything about the Germans. Um, you know, the Chinese are, if you look at their commercials, you look at what they're advertising, what they do, they get up every day, and they think they're going to have a war with someone. And so if they're going to do that, they're not going to be afraid to go after us with, um, you know, even with our naval resources there. So it's going to take our allies, the Australians and Others within the regions, the Japanese. But uh, the bottom line is, I think if we if we have that conflict that takes place on the sea, and our navy is going to get tested very mightily. Uh, yeah, well, especially because, and I know you know this better than we do, but it's a lot easier to defend a position than to retake it. And and Taiwan is to China like Martha's Vineyard is to the United States. I mean, it's it's right, right off their coast. Yeah. Yeah, and it would be a situation potentially like destroying it to save it, which doesn't, you know, that's again Korean War mentality as well. So um, it's just it's hard to say. There's not, you know, there as, an, as a ground guy though, there's no other opposing force that exists inside of Taiwan. So it, it would be taken very simply. The question is, you know, what happens then? What do the countries of the world do then? I I, I think nothing. I think there's certain. They're sort of fait complete that are out there right now, and that's one. The second one is probably the Donbass region of Ukraine, and it's going to get closer to Russia. We know that they already control Crimea, so I think these are all fait complete whether or not the world wants to get involved. And, and again, Joe Biden is not an interventionist, so I don't see him getting involved. Wow. Well, okay. I was just going to ask, before we get back into specifics, let's let's do a little, uh, you're, you're teaching a college class, and, and the topic today is mutual defense agreements or that sort of thing. We have the treaty with uh, Taiwan. We have uh, a treaty through NATO with Ukraine. Uh, are those things uh, worth the parchment they're written on, really? Well, they were when they were signed, you know, some of them 30 years ago and beyond. But today, they've not been updated. We haven't updated our strategic limitations trees and, and, and the like. They've all expired. And uh, the countries that sign those treaties aren't the same as they were today. The only one really is is the United States. Um, NATO would have to mobilize pretty significantly if it wanted to go in and defend Ukraine. I don't think it's a good idea to put NATO anywhere near Ukraine. Um, that's right on the border of Russia. I mean, we can't have 
admission into NATO being everybody except Russia. That's just not going to work. That's going to that's the same reason how World War One started. Where history repeats itself all over again. So. I, I think that um, while that was a great idea back in the 90s uh, as they split away from the old Soviet Union, the bottom line is uh, Russia can pretty much have its way in Ukraine. We all know that. Everybody knows that. And if anything, and I think Putin knows that Joe Biden is not an interventionist, which is why he's been moving towards what he's doing in Ukraine right now. Well, that's why I really wanted to have you on is because you can speak to and have in the past on whether or not we can do something, though whether or not we should you know, falls by the wayside if someone like you says, we can't. <laughs> the world can't stop this from happening, so why discuss it? Right. Simulations show that there's over 400,000 Russian troops that, that are in proximity, closer in proximity of the Ukraine border, that if they decide to roll into Ukraine and even keep going further, further west, uh, they could take virtually Western Europe again in 60 hours. That's five days or whatever. I mean, whatever the math is on that. It's, it's wow. to the point where, yeah, and the only thing holding it back is U.S. nuclear weapons. And the question is whether or not we would fire them because then, then we start, we open up that Pandora's sure. box. And so we, we really don't have that that uh, strategic deterrence at the tactical level. We have it at the strategic level. We have it, you know, in, in, in space and destroying each other's countries. But are, are we willing to give up uh, an East Coast city just to protect Ukraine? Uh, and I'm not, I'm not sure we're going to be willing to do that. Military analyst Mike Lyons on the line. Mike, so you're saying Russia could sweep across Europe, I mean, take Poland and Romania, Slovakia, whatever, and, and head toward Germany in, in the space of five days? Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's the simulation. And they, they would do it with Russian forces plus the private military companies, the Wagner groups, the ones that the little green men, so to speak, that they'd, they'd have mobilized. Now, whether they could hold it, you know, again, we create a World War II scenario where just like the Germans go into Russia and then they get beat back, they'd eventually be beaten back and it would be tremendous destruction. Millions and millions of people are killed. They couldn't hold it, but they can sure create tremendous amount of destruction there, that's for sure. And do you think do you think Putin has the slightest interest in anything like that? He's got interest in Ukraine. I think that um, his desire is to return that in his lifetime. Right. So he's now elected till 2036. And so he's got then We've got to think that the world believes that Russia is a declining power. But as soon as the Germans and the Russians connect that gas pipeline together and the, the Germans completely relying on Russia, I, I, I just don't that doesn't fall into place for me as well. They're not a declining power. They're, they have nuclear weapons as well. They, they can threaten the United States. I think he's going to want to at least get Ukraine back and put Ukraine back in that what he calls uh, the former Soviet Union. Well, back to China, which is a similar sort of argument. And, you know, Chinese officials at some level may hear this very interview where they hear somebody like you say it's fait accompli, you know, it, it, it more or less wouldn't be worth it for us to try to stop China from taking Taiwan, because uh, that's going to be the calculation on their part, right? Whether or not we're willing well, to, right. to to really go to war over it, and I don't think we probably are. We're not, and and it would cement China's role as they want to be the preeminent sure. power in the Pacific. Wait, what, is the, today, what does the world look like the day after China's taken Taiwan and we say to Taiwan, sorry, I know we have an agreement to, you know, to protect you, but we're just, we're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, then a lot of other, uh, of our alliances, a lot of other things get called into question. I think, um, I, I do believe already some of our, this is not Donald Trump's fault, but some of our alliances, NATO, for example, 
are tired of the United States politics anyway. They're, they're looking at the fact that things change every four years. I mean, let's look at why we're coming out of Afghanistan. Uh, you know, Trump, let's face it, he, he wanted to do this before. The military wouldn't let him do it. He set the date of May 1st. He thought he was going to be president. He thought it was going to happen. What does Biden do? He basically keeps the same plan. Again, showing me he's not an interventionist, keeps the same plan. He just puts it on a 9-11 anniversary, which, again, I think is dumb as well because there's too many other things going on that day. But um, the bottom line is we're coming out of Afghanistan, so we're going to find out what happens then. We'll see who's going to fill that vacuum. Well, final question for me, and, and this is speculation, obviously, but we understand that. What do you figure the chances are that we're exchanging ordinance with a nation state uh, anytime soon, as opposed to a non-governmental terrorist organization or something like that, which is going on as we speak. Many Americans forget that we're in dozens of countries, but a state act. Right. I don't, I don't think it's for a while. I think if anything happens first, sequentially Russia goes first into Ukraine before China does anything into Taiwan. Um, although we've got more of a chance diplomatically to try to, to, to fend off what's going to happen in China, I, I think that's going to happen first. And if that does happen, we do nothing. Now, we've already been warned. We try, we're moving ships into the Black Sea. We're trying to, again, project our power there. It's not going to matter because even if, even if uh, we get them there, we're, they're still going to do what they're going to do. Mike Lyons, military analyst. Mike, fabulous as always. Yeah, we really appreciate really it. Great to talk to you. Great, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks. It's so weird in our current world of media to talk to somebody who's so plain spoken about the facts Mm -hmm. it's not what he wants at all i guarantee you he doesn't want this reality but it's the freaking reality so he just lays it out as this is what is and it's not through some sort of ridiculous childish partisan lens either i'm an i don't believe america backs down from anyone you know is the sort of reaction you get from some quarters what does that, that does nothing to do with reality He's saying the world can't stop Russia from doing that, short of a nuclear war. The world's not going to stop China from doing what they want to do, short of a nuclear war. They're just not. This is why presidents age like dogs, and this is why I'm grateful that we have such a vital young man in the office right now. Oh, wait a minute. That was back to partisanship. I apologize. I'll tell you what. Either one or both of those events happen over the next five, ten years. The world is a different place than it was for the past 70, by a lot. Change is the only constant, Jack. Oh, yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. I mean, it's inevitable. The United States wasn't going to, you know, get to do whatever it wanted, wherever it wanted, forever. But it looks like those days are over. Wow, that's sobering. Armstrong and Getty. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. There are choices that can change your life. Like the choice to start routine colorectal cancer screening at age 45. It's one of the most common cancers for women and men. And it doesn't always have symptoms. But there's good news. Routine screening can catch colorectal cancer early and even prevent it. And there's even better news. You have screening options. Make the choice to put your health first. Talk to your doctor about your screening options. Or visit cdc.gov slash screen for life for more information. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.